Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac, and on this bonus episode, I am joined by Mike from Paranormal Round Trippers. Road Trippers. Paranormal Road Trippers. Road there, you trippers. Go. there you go. I don't know why that round. My spelling's terrible. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Good. I'm actually, uh, we are, we have a mutual friend, correct? I think so. Uh, on the unknown paranormal in Canada. Yes, we we know them. They are up in the same neck of the woods as me, Vancouver. I think that's how we know about you guys. Uh, if I remember correctly, they turned us on to you. Or you found out about us. I can't remember how the story goes. I like your podcast for one. Okay, it's a good show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the unknown paranormal. Uh, I, I know Mike over there. Um, which stands true to this statement is that every paranormal team has to have a mic. I would fully agree with you. In my time served around here, I've been on multiple teams, and I've never been the only Mike. Yeah. My team has a mic, so. <laughs> awesome. But um, what is, uh, I know Paranormal uh, Road Trippers and stuff like that, you guys get started, and you're investigators, but you're also, uh, you dive deep in histories, uh, places you go as well. Uh, what's, I guess, the uh, is the history of Paranormal Road Trippers? What you guys got? What got you guys started? I started investigating probably in about 1997, 98. So I've been, I've been doing it for a while. Curiosity. So what got me started in it is childhood experiences. Experience I usually tell is I was home alone sick one day back in the old days when you were allowed to be home sick alone. Elementary school, probably grade five. And uh, I saw a man in like pioneer clothing come up my steps in my living room from like the landing. And he just walked down the hallway, and it terrified me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that would that would do it, especially seeing something that clear. And then uh, I called my neighbor, who was a RCMP uh, police officer, and he wasn't home, so his older wife came over. Imagine an old gray-haired lady coming over with a little can of pepper spray, and she cleared my house like a SWAT team, and there was no one there. All the doors were unlocked, windows were locked, everything was locked, and. uh I never saw it again after that. And then uh, when did you start deciding, I want to know more? Probably that week or the week after I went to the elementary school library book and got the campfire ghost stories or like the uh, back in those days, there were um, books on old school English, England type ghost stories and more occulty stuff. And that's kind of what got me going. And then Goosebumps and R.L. Stein came on the on the stream and I started to read a lot of those books. And then there was a show in the late nineties called sightings that got me hooked. And then you say 97, but you don't look any older than me. I am 41, 40. I'm 40, 1982. <laughs> All right. Never mind. I'm only 35. So it was <laughs> funny. I thought you were like 34 or close to my age. So no, man, I, uh, <laughs> I started, I, so that would have been grade 11 for me. It was when I really started to investigate. Um, so I got my first audio recorder around then and my friends were kind of occulty. So they loved the tarot. They loved the Ouija. Um, but I was more into the, well, I guess Ouija's communication technically, but I was more into like the audio and, and video sort of, sort of stuff. I, I actually, funny enough, didn't get to the investigation game until about two years ago, but I've always been fascinated at paranormal since I was a kid, but that's, that's cool that you got started early and you've been in the game for, Oop. that long. <laughs> yeah. 
the the road trippers um was was started by my girlfriend actually coming on three and a half years ago. We are part of another team before that where we investigated often, but she has a knack for photography, so she just started whatever location we'd go to, she'd just take photos like scenery or the old buildings are at, and then we kind of just started doing our own thing because we travel the Pacific Northwest quite often, so we're we're based out of Vancouver, British Columbia, but we also go to Washington, we go to Oregon, we go to California, like all the time. So we're we're everywhere. Uh, I know investigator in Seattle area. If you guys ever go around those parts, we do. I'm I'm friends with a, a team quite close with them. They're called a ghost, Ross Allison, and uh, he owns Spooked in Seattle uh, Museum. It's a death museum. It's pretty cool. Uh, the woman I know is named Sharice. Okay, no, I don't know. Okay, I thought maybe, but never mind. So, in your time is is investigating. What has been one of your favorite places investigating? Uh, oh, last or I guess last year would be this year now, t- 2022. Mm. Um, I was able to get into uh, St. Ignatius Hospital in Colfax, Washington. It's an old 1800s, it was an asylum, it was a hospital for criminals. It was, it's seen some things ran by nuns and priests and all of that sort of thing. Um, I was helping actually Ross, he was doing a documentary there and. <laughs> I was helping film, and uh, I got access to it alone for for quite a long time in between what they were doing, and I got to explore the place and the energy in there, man. It it was it was intense. I always felt like someone was walking right behind me, almost like breathing down my neck. And then that same investigation, we actually did a brothel in uh, Colfax, and it was like opening a time capsule. You walk up these old wooden steps, and it's just like dust everywhere, and Man, that's where I heard, like, uh, again, I got some alone time in there because in between them setting up and doing whatever it is they're doing, I was just kind of sitting there watching some of the gear and doing my own little mini investigation with an audio recorder, just EVP session. And I heard uh, a female go, I was like, I'm the only one up here. <laughs> those are those are real. Those are really cool. Like, those are some some pretty neat places. Now to flip it on its head. Uh, what has been one of the most intense investigations you've done? Something you felt was dangerous? Um, that's actually a good question. I uh, There's a place in a town called Merritt in British Columbia. So you go through the mountains and you get to this wonderful old town. And there's a house there. It's a historic house. We hit it. We investigate it every, every year, usually twice a year. And we do um, fundraisers. And all the proceeds go to the Historic Society to keep them afloat, give them money to fix, you know, just raise money for them. And um, in 26, no, this will go 2015, we were there. And um, with my job, I, I, I do enforcement. So sometimes when I do my EVP questions, I may come off a little abrupt. So I got to keep myself in check. Like I'm, I, I need the answer when I'm doing my EVP sessions. And um, the, the we use psychics. Like we will call in psychics quite often on our investigations. And we had one with us who's very good. He's also a shaman. He's like, Mike, uh, there's, there's a man behind you. Just let's just, uh, he, he's getting kind of angry. Not at you, just a situation. And I was like, okay. So then I, I, I adjusted my EVP questions to, is there anything we can do to help? And, and what's going on? Why are you upset? 
all of a sudden I felt a hand on my neck and then it squeezed. And there's no one in front of me technically. Right. And it, it, it wouldn't let go for a few seconds. And then I just tuck tail and run the heck out of this place and uh, go get sick in the flower bush outside. Mm-hmm. And then when we came, when I went back inside, we heard this loud growl. The whole team heard it. It was like a disembodied growl. I fast forward to 2022. Every year we go to this place. In, I, I, we bring often new investigators because we work with other teams. We work with other investigators. Everyone, oh, one person will always get cranky at me, but they won't understand why and they won't remember why. And then they just snap out of it. Now you said you felt sick. Do you feel like sick? Are you going to throw up like it was in your stomach? I did. I did get sick. After I felt that on my, my, my throat, I, that was it. I was done. Uh, did they ever determine what was there that was so uh, negative? No. Even with uh, the, psych- the psychics you had, it, they, they didn't. They detected an upset spirit who wasn't from the house, who kind of drifts around the town. Um, and they don't. I, it kind of lightened up when we started to introduce ourselves in the daytime and say, hey, we'll see you later. So we, it, it's, it's more of a, it's something I'm actually working on and I've been documenting since 2015. Every time I go there, I write everything down and I have audio and video clips and I'm trying to get a consistency of what is happening and with who, because with our team, we're very history based. However, we want to know the answers. Our little slogan is history as a voice and we want to listen. So if this guy's trying to get a message to us, we want to tell it. But what what makes it kind of it's it's cool? Maybe you can share some insight on it because I I know you you guys do some cool stuff on your team. But the, like the last time we were there, this would have been in October of this year. We brought Anthony, our historian, out. He's he's kind of on our team now too. So it's not just my girlfriend and I. He started. We were upstairs. It's just the two of us because we took a, ra- a radio team, a, a radio broadcasting radio station. Sorry, through the. Uh, the house and they did like a live uh, Facebook live and all that sort of stuff. And then when that all wrapped up, uh, Anthony, he's like, can we just go investigate upstairs? Just that this is the two of us. I'm like, Oh God. And cause upstairs petrifies me. I'm like, sure, Anthony, we can, since this is your first time here. And I'm, I'm just sitting there with our camera and he goes, don't you love it up here, Mike? I'm like, yeah. Wouldn't you just like to stay forever? I'm like, oh, I'm getting chills even saying the story. I'm like, no, but I enjoy visiting. He's like, I think forever would be better. Don't you think, Mike? And he just kept saying my name like Mike. And I'm like, what is this? The Shining? And then he snapped out of it. He's like, I don't know what just happened. Now, um, before I give you my analyst uh, so far from clues you've given me, uh, I just let you know it is slightly unfair that uh what my team does because we're all psychics or at least have psychic abilities so we kind of find things out using what we have in order to, to figure this out but before i had the ability that i have now i had to figure everything out by observing and using some kind of detective work but what i've perfected uh in my short time investigating even before when i was fascinated the paranormal is learning to analyze negativity or figure out uh, dark spirit, evil spirits. What is there? What is it? If it's something extremely dangerous, or is it something to be taken care of with this, that, or anything? But for what you described, the sick feeling, right? Uh, the choking, the growling, um, only at night. And 
well, not say only at night, but especially at night. And the fact that it could manipulate your friend in order to give a message to you as if he was being taken over to deliver that message. It's hard not to say a demonic figure of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, regular human spirits that I've encountered in my, t- my time investigating, especially a lot of dark ones, they don't have that level of power strength to do these things. Now, they can still hit you. They can still hurt you. You can still be heard. Some even try and over, uh, we call it, uh, we call it uh, the ghost tubes and stuff like that, or uh, 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 any kind of, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Ghost box? Spirit, spirit box. Um, try to intimidate you by saying, oh, I'm a demon, when really they're not. They're just, just trying to make feel bigger about themselves. But everything you described is the classification of one. A high-level one? I don't think so. Maybe it was a wandering one that came to that specific location for the misery that is there that it can feed on. Uh, I would say a lower-level one, but still has enough strength and juice to mildly oppress or mildly possess your friend for a brief moment enough to tell him or at least give you a message. So, yeah, watch out when you're in there and especially have you, the next time you go back out there, have uh, protection. (laughs) Yeah, I should, I should have, I should Facebook time you or face, face, what's it called? FaceTime you when we're there so you can check it out. <laughs> oh, uh, it wouldn't take me long to figure out what's there and take care of it, but uh, that could be safe for uh, a later time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, that's, that's pretty intense. It's funny is that I don't know how many of, I, I just know with our bad luck or our good luck with our team, we come across a lot of, dark entities but how how many dark entities you say you've come across in your time as an investigator like is it something normal you've met around i'm just trying to gauge the uh the spectrum you would say because like with my team it seems to be all the time but then again all of us have our ability so maybe we attract them higher than other people but i'm just wondering like someone like you have how many times you've encountered dark entities at locations dark entities i, I don't know that's my answer but Cranky entities or cranky spirits all the time. So what one, one practice we do when we go to historic properties is we'll go during the day, we'll meet up with a curator or, or site owner, and we'll have them introduce us where we're going to be investigate to the spirits that are there. And we find since we've been doing that, it's been less cranky. One story that I don't often tell is um, the time I saw them, the, the thing that looked burnt with yellow eyes. Right. It was at a was at a roadhouse up in the Caribou, which is way north of Vancouver. It's where the gold rush, other than the trail of the old gold rush in the 1800s. My girlfriend and I, we were we rolled up, and we had all access to this place. Like my friend was running tours there. He's like, "Man, yeah, man, if you want to go and investigate it, have fun tonight." He was doing a radio show anyway, so he couldn't be there. So we're just sitting in the car. We're like, "You ready?" No, five more minutes. So let's just chill. Oh, it's a nice night. Blah 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 blah. An hour and a half later, do you want to go for a drive before we investigate? Sure. So we're in a very rural country place where there's not many places to drive except to the nearest town. So we, we drive the half hour, go get a coffee and come back. And we still sit in the car. We have the sunroof open because it's summertime. But then we hear in this supposedly locked building, people yelling at each other. We're like, oh, crap. Did people break in? So my instincts kick in. I'm like, Let, let's roll camera for evidence if there's people in there. And um, I go do a loud rap on the door. But right before I knock on the door, we hear people inside. Tons of people. And I'm like, oh, crap. But the door's locked. 
there's no way this is the only way and this is a building from like 1860s and um so i popped a lot well i don't pop it sorry i have the keys and i legally unlock it (laughs) and uh nothing but cold absolute cold and then when sandra has the camera when we're walking in you see a shadow figure walk in our light it wasn't me it wasn't her it was because the way they it was angled it's actually on our youtube I replay it like three or four times for people to see. And then we we get in, we, we kind of do our thing. We're a little frazzled with what's been happening. It's kind of like messages of you shouldn't be here tonight. So what do ghost hunters do? We go there tonight. Our spirit box was just hitting on my name, her name, um, my friend's name that lives up there who's doing his radio show, his friend who helps with his ghost hunt tours up there. And just everything we were asking, we were getting oddly amicable answers here. All of a sudden, an hour goes by, we're just doing our thing. There's an upstairs to this building. It was a post house. It used to be an old roadhouse. Neither of us would go upstairs. You couldn't have paid me a million bucks cash to go upstairs. And then I look at where the stairs are, and I see this thing crouching down. Did you ever watch the show Evil on Paramount? Look up at the, I'm going to say the word devil, but it wasn't the devil. Look up the. TV show Evil and look up the devil guy. He looks like a charred man with horns and really yellow eyes and white teeth. That's what this guy looked like. He was just staring at me. And I'm like, we're done. And uh, we stopped our investigation abruptly and and kind of bounced because that was the energy shifted in there. We're pretty good at honing in on energy at places. It was case closed for that night. Unfortunately, I got an attachment and I didn't know he was fully with me until about a year later. Yeah, uh, did you break that attachment or was it still it did. No, I, we, it was broken by uh, a person who does that. <laughs> okay. So. That's good. You know, keep that kind of junk around. No, I just looked at the picture and the hell of crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what he looked like, man. Yeah. So. Yeah, he just said feel of energies. That makes me wonder. Um, I guess before I ask the actual question, I the one I actually want to ask, ask a minute ago, but you kind of answered it, but I want to know your perspective on it um i was about to ask do you work with psychics you kind of answer that and what has been your opinion as working with psychic um i like it like one of the ladies we use she's amazing her name's paisley and she does psychometry she reads she reads uh, like objects like we collect haunted objects i've had stuff shipped it shipped to me from all over the world and um i'll be like here paisley what does this have to say <laughs> and she'll say that there's a notch on it um, she'll be like, why is that in your house? And and she will cleanse them so it doesn't harm me or anything in my, my place. We use a shaman because, like, I'm Métis. Like, uh, do you know what Métis is in the States? Like, French, or it's kind of French indigenous. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Yeah. No, we don't have that terminology. I've never heard that before. Um, it, it's, it's a form of First Nations in a sense, so... Uh, people around here we just basically call it indigenous. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a, it's a mixed, mixed French and indigenous makes it Métis. <laughs> ah, so and and then we use one that, like I said, he's a Métis shaman, and he comes out and he does the saging, and he's very in touch with his, the Aboriginal side and and spirit and all that stuff. And we use another another lady named Blair who's very New Age, and she's amazing too. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, most most I was think most investigators have they have had either had good experiences or bad experiences. Like they meet up someone who says they're psychic, but really they're not. 
but I was glad you actually had a good experience with them. But you set, and it, funny enough, I watched that, I guess it was one of your, your, your episodes where you uh, went to that, the guy who collects serial killers, uh, objects. Like, yep. Yeah, like they're all their different items and stuff like that. Like he has Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses, which I was like, holy crap, how'd you even get that? He bought all from Dahmer's dad um, way back when. Um, I'm not sure exactly the details. That would be a, that'd be a Taylor question. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he has Dahmer's urn, his glasses, John Wayne Gacy painting, Richard Ramirez drawings and personal letters, Charlie Manson. He's got it all, man. Surprise, uh, Jonathan Davis hasn't hit him up. I know for the Gacy stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> the one he has is very rare. I know, I know that. And just being around that stuff, cause I can pick up on energies and that it, it was, it was a little overbearing, but that's, he uh, called, I said, that's what I was about to ask. You said you pick up on energies. Now, what I've come to learn about people who are necess- not necessarily, not necessarily psychic. When you spend enough time around the paranormal, you come in tune to it. And I've seen it with investigators that I, I've been on other teams with is that they've been in the game so long. It's like they're in tune to anything paranormal when it comes to energies and spirits and stuff like that. They're not psychic, or nor do they claim to be, but they still can feel things differently from an average person who just shows up for the first time. Is that seem your case, or do you think you might have some kind of untapped psychic ability? I wouldn't claim to be a psychic, but I'd claim to know things when I get places. <laughs> I kind of use it as like, like my little radar well, when we go into private like residence or, or, or properties and kind of sniff out where I feel we may get some energy or there's maybe spirits hanging out. Objects as well. I get kind of the heebie-jeebies from things too. And yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm a psychic, but I'd say I can feel things. Mm, interesting. Uh, I want to, well, I know I'll probably go to Canada one of these days to see uh, a non-paranormal mic up there. But uh, if we're in the area, I'll hit you up too. Because uh, just to test it, because uh, what it is, I'll probably explain to this afterwards. But people already know, listening to Shadow Walker series, uh, my ring and how I classify it now as not typically a haunted object. But I wonder if someone like you, who's in tune to everything, if he, uh, if you put, it, I put it in your hand, you would feel something from it. Because so far, everyone that I've let touch it, that's not psychic, nothing. But anyone that I've met that is psychic, they say they can hear things from it without even having to touch it. So I just, you're a good test to see. I do <laughs> someone, it. Sure. Someone, someone in tune to everything, see if they actually pick anything up. But no, that's good. Uh, with, with psychic and stuff like that, you've met. What, uh, what would the, what kind of gear do you use? Or if you have any, as I would say, most people, I assume, have gear, but what kind of gear do you have? And what is probably your favorite device to use while investigating? I've spent way too much money on gear for th- yeah. gear that sucks. <laughs> We're pretty simplistic now. Uh, give me a good 4K mirrorless camera or Sony Handycam night shot. Uh, Zoom recorder, Sandra. The other half of the road trip is loves a good spirit box session. <laughs> um, we've been using a lot of more old school stuff. I like, I have a tape, like a tape deck that we use, like an old school reel to reel been using that a lot um fishing line with a bell we've been doing that we've been doing a lot of automatic writing with a planchette i love the edi plus the proximity sensor with the temperature vibration emf that's a big go-to that's always in my kit because that that gauges every room you're in essentially i like the flux too we got some really good hits on that we were at a place and um 
get it on the floor and it has two little IR beams that go out of each side. And the only way to break it is if you walk by it. And we had it on this floor and we were downstairs at this place. And all of a sudden we hear, just through our audio when we're playing it back, footsteps go walk past the flux too. And it, and, and it tripped off. So I fell in love with that device that night. <laughs> we got some really good evidence on that one as well. Uh, REM pods. I, I, I'm big in the proximity sensors. Like I, I like environmental changes. That's what I usually go for. Um, I always uh, I said the gear that we use, which is technically barely anything um, besides the camera, because majority of us rely on our abilities to look for anything. But we're learning that we need able to record this stuff. So we need uh, gear in order to do so to prove what we're feeling and what we're experiencing is actually happening. And it sounds like that. So what we funny enough, uh, our greatest tool we use is our phone. Um, yeah. I always kind of iffy about like paranormal apps on the phones, but I guess the two that I put mo- my most uh, recommendation in, or let's say, um, yeah, my recommendation is probably Ghost Tube and Necrophonics. Um, okay. Ghost Tube uh, Vox, especially. It's more precise when it comes to uh, speaking. So it's kind of like um, uh, the phonetic box is that it would give off words that come through, the energy it pushes through. And of course, the, uh, the, uh, necrophonics, it's almost like a, a spirit box, but through your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use it and for the Etsis method, uh, and we get good I love results. That. Yeah. We, um, I think I had the best Estes message, or the best Estes method session uh, in September. We were in this old building from the 1850s, and we had Anthony out. This was his first time on one of these type of locations, and um, we stuck him picture an old creepy house from the 1850s right it had seen the fur trading it had seen wars up here between the americans and the indigenous and the british and it had seen the caribou gold rush so thousands and thousands of miners going through this building so we stick them alone in the cold room we're like you're on your own bro here's your here's your blindfold your spirit box headphones were out and with my sb7 i took out the antenna and i cut the wires so it's straight static so sandra and i we were outside and we were doing our, our questions and she always writes the questions down every time we do that and, and since we we're so far away from anthony we dialed our phones so that's how we were hearing his responses just on speakerphone each phones the the he said he kept saying two names and then he said fishnet and i'm like random the curator comes in and I'm like, hey, does it do these words mean anything to you? And she's like, no, not really. I'm like, oh, darn. And um, so then she stops and turns around. She's like, actually, first name mentioned, passed away in a boating accident and was pulled under by a fishnet. And name two was his relative who was just at our location picking up some memory stuff of person one. <laughs> and he. So that's just a cool connection. Yeah. I quite like the Estes. We use the Estes method majority of communicating directly. So Mike will always do the Estes method. It's, it's, I guess it's his thing that he wants to do the most, but he feels the most in tune. And maybe it's the psychic ability channeling combined with it at the same time. I don't know. But we always get direct answers to questions. Like I will ask questions and now he will give me the answers without knowing what I've asked. Um, and sometimes we have like a direct conversation with something that's there. 
but no, it's, I guess it's, yeah, I always find it is like the best way to uh, communicate directly. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I love it. Wow. Is there any other methods that you uh, try it out? Something like new or something specific to your team or just something you found that extremely um, other than the SS method that you find that's very um, beneficial? We've been doing a lot of stuff from the Victorian era. We've absolutely taken the time capsule back in time. And um, we've been getting a lot of like, like the automatic writing planchette. It's literally a planchette. It's a pencil in it. And um, you blindfold the person. Like it's kind of like sensory deprivation as well. Like you can't see what you're writing mm-hmm. and, and some interesting answers come, come through with that. Um, Estes, we're big on the Estes, Estes method where we, we love that one. And um, straight up EVP sessions. We, we've gotten quite a few EVPs, but we also um, have body cameras on usually at all times. And we've got uh, a lot of neat responses with that because it's continuous audio ro- rolling. Body cameras? Uh, what do you mean? You use uh, GoPros? No. Well, I like police style body cameras. Oh. How'd you get a handle on those? Amazon. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know they sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're perfect, man. Like, I really like GoPros too, but um, but the body cams have like certain clips. It, it just it works well, and um, the audio seems pretty good. And they're all night vision, so you don't have to modify them. You can just switch night vision on. Gotta investigate or invest in that because uh, we always talked about having cameras on us like GoPros because we're always using our hands, and mm-hmm. we can't have something in it. But then again, we're we're testing out a couple new members who are strictly going to be like our techs. So um, that might be the solution to us actually having to buy GoPros, but that's maybe at the moment. So, um, but that's nice to know that you can go on Amazon and uh, look up those stuff. So, and for anyone listening that wants to do that, you can do that as well. Oh yeah. Body <laughs> cameras are, um, I was kind of hesitant, hesitant on them because I've always used a DSLR or, or like my Sony camera, right. For filming. And they come in 4K now. It looks decent. Obviously not like GoPro or like Panasonic quality or anything like that, but it, it's good enough. It gets the job done. Awesome. Um, in your time, I guess, investigating, what has been your overall goal? Like what is the, what, what is the answer you're looking for to, um, I guess, the question of investigating? Like what do you want to know the most and what is essentially your purpose? Uh, investigating messages from the other side because we go to so many abandoned towns throughout BC, Washington, and that they all had fun there once. They all lived like you and I, normal bustling cities or smaller towns, and now there's nothing there. Graveyard and like three decapitated buildings. What I want to know. As like I said earlier, our slogan is history as a as a voice, and we want to listen. If 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 I can get a message out for somebody who's passed away, that's a home run for me. But it's also documenting and trying to study the paranormal activity and why it happens. Like I'm, I'm big into the why. Why is it happening? What causes it? And, and all all that stuff. It's it's so complex to to why I do it. Like it's it's not for the the clout. It's not for the followers. It's not for the attention and stuff. It, it's for helping. I love helping people, especially on like on residential investigations. People call us terrified, terrified, needing help. I'm not going to go there and say, 
Satan's living in your second bedroom. You need to vacate this place. But I'm going to do my best to try and figure out what's going bump in the night at your place and try and give you some sort of resolution. Now, if I can't fix it or clear it, or if that's what they're wanting to like clear things, I know people that will, that'll come in and help them and give them the result they're looking for. So yeah, helping the living and the dead, I guess, is why I'm in it. It's a good answer. And always the ones I look forward to the most, because uh, I don't know if you ever listened to past episodes I had done with investigators, yep. but I've said three classifications of investigators. There's always the cloud chasers that they're doing it for, you know, for fame. And it's just like that. And the ones like yourself who go in with that sense of respect to the dead, still record, still investigate and pr- try to prove that this exists for other people. Um, and then, of course, this is my team. But people have already heard enough times me say the speech. So, but um, no, that's 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 interesting. And it, it's, uh, it's a good thing to hear because I know with, with my time as an investigator, it seems to be the main thing. And um, what has been, we talk, you talked about helping people residentially. Uh, how many residential investigations have you seen? More than I can count or think about. Um, quite, quite a few. I, I personally like residentials because it's kind of like a scratch and win ticket. You don't really know what you're walking into or what the expectations are, right? Yeah. It, it could be a, a piping issue or it could be something really nasty that you're dealing with. Piping meaning like hot water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go on a residential, we, we check the property records. We check the land history. We check the surrounding area. We check the deaths. We see what's happened around this area, and we kind of we kind of go into the place with expectations of what we might see, but minimally, obviously, because we really don't know till we're there. And helping people, I love helping people. I, I don't want people to be scared of where they live. I want people to have like a good, good life and not live in fear, especially from that stuff. I always wondered. Because you've done a lot yourself. Um, in residential investigations, how many times, how often, let's say that, have you come across the reason for the haunting is something uh, malevolent? 25% of the time, 30, 30%. Um, like there was one we were dealing with, and they were heavy into the occult, but they would not admit it. Mm. Um, like they're sacrificing stuff, they're doing. And um, my questioning of how, because whenever before we go on an investigation, we kind of vet people too. Like we'll ask a ton of questions from mental health to drugs to to occult to everything. And we will go to a residential three times. We'll go first time for a baseline and kind of like, and we investigate, but more of a preliminary investigation. Second, we'll kind of know what equipment was working, kind of have a little course of action. Or if we want to bring in a psychic, we'll bring in the type of psychic we think would be great with that. Then the third time, we usually will present our evidence, give them like a USB or a Google Drive link and kind of talk to them and give them our opinions on what they should or could do. More often than not, they just want Edna to live with them still. They just don't want Edna to wake them up at night. (laughs) You know, so. But... Occult. I find a lot of people dealing with the occult have problems in their house. Yeah, if you play with fire, you're gonna get burnt. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that was that was uh that was interesting. Um, because I I mean, like I said, our just luck or bad luck. But it's funny enough, we haven't done that many residential residential investigations. 
then again, we've only been around for almost two years. So it's not like we have a lot of experience so far. But um, the only time we ever did a resume investigation was dealing with someone who was oppressed. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So kind of jumped into the fire first first gig as someone's own house. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be terrifying. Like, like for your, like the first residential like that. Uh, Cause it's kind of, all right, this is our problem now. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of how you, you choose to deal with it. But I guess that's a better at least thought for people who are, who listen <laughs> is that it doesn't happen as much as people think it does. No. With something with dark at your homes. Cause well, majority of the time that we find out from what I've studied and stuff like that when it comes to residential uh, hauntings is that it's because someone has been there before the new homeowners moved in and it changed stuff or they move things around and disturb mm-hmm. what they equivalent to their own home and they start getting pissed off. So they start moving stuff, start scaring people to try to get them out of their house. Um, which is funny enough, funny story that Mike on our team dealt with a investigation when it previous, like two previous scenes before the current one. And he, uh, Says so an old woman that got upset with this young couple that moved in because she, because they tore down her garden that was originally built in, and she caused the problems. They figured out the problem. So what they did, compromise, was that uh, the old woman would leave them alone if they had a garden built there. So they did. They built a garden. They tended to it. She would check in every now and then, but most of the time she basically just didn't bother them. That's all she wanted. That's awesome, and that's yeah. that's a good. That's like a happy end. <laughs> yeah, she didn't move on though. I don't think she do ever wanted to. As we seem to come find come find out when you uh, do investigations to certain locations, um, crossing people over is that something you've been part of, seen, or uh, I guess uh, heard of? Like you're not heard of, but have you been part of any investigation? I don't do that. Um, but again, like we know, psychics will. We'll go do that. We'll go help with that sort of stuff. So yeah, I, I've observed it. I've seen it happen, and it's pretty. It's pretty um, intense to watch, to watch people do that. To, let's say more feel than and see. <laughs> you can feel the difference after you leave. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because like people will call us and be like, "There, there's demons in my house." I'm like, "Well, you sure it's a demon?" Well, well, I don't know. Okay, and they'll say that they're cranky. The previous tenant, he 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 was an ass. He didn't like anyone, and he died on the property. I'm like, okay, so he was a crank in life. So he's probably cranky in the afterlife. And we find a lot of of spirits are there's there's lots of cranky people in living, so they're probably the same. Um, well, when they're dead, that's kind of what, what we've experienced too. Is your word cranky a nice way of saying they were an asshole? Yes, I wasn't sure if we're allowed to swear, so I was skirting around it. No, yeah, I, I've I dropped my plenty of f bombs and stuff like that. It's just because you kept using it in a weird way. I'm like, is he trying to say asshole? <laughs> Crank. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, that's what we come to find out. A lot of people who are assholes in the uh, when they're alive are a holes even more. So when they're when they're dead, um, yeah. dark energy, not dark energy, negative energy that they project and that. You can feel, and it it sets people in bad moods when they're around it. Not as heavily as, say, a demonic entity itself, but still enough to you feel the difference. You feel it when you're in the into the room of someone who's an a hole. Like, what are you doing in my space? And they, you know, they just emit that negative energy at you to get you out of there. Sure. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's interesting. 
It's interesting to see the different energies with that stuff. Now, someone like yourself, who's been in the game a while, should, or at least if you don't, you should, but you pretty most, like, most likely have protection. And what protection do you use when you investigate? And also, what protection do you use to protect your house? Because I guarantee you most likely have had things follow you home. I have multiple times, and it sucks. Um, all my windows fills are salted. Um, I have black onyx right with me. I have selenite here. Black onyx, selenite, rose quartz for love and chillness. Um, that's usually what I go. That's my that's my go to stone, man. Is black onyx. Um, my Métis heritage. We I sage all the time, all the time. My place gets saged. I sage myself after an, every, every investigation. We say you're not allowed to follow us. You must stay here, um, and we cleanse ourselves like clockwork. Well, uh, hot box and sage, so to speak, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. we um. And obviously, not being disrespectful, saying that, but we really smoke it up with uh, the bundle and. Make sure, basically, we shower in it until we're we're feeling good, until we're feeling lighter. Because you know, when you le- leave a location, you feel heavy a lot of times, right? Depending on the negativity levels and whatnot. But until we feel normal, as I'm doing air quotes, we we sage, we use Pal- and Palo Santo as well. I actually, make my own protection blend that that I, that I burn. Palo Santo. Yeah, it's a uh, Brazilian. It's like it's like a wood. Oh, okay. Yeah. I never, so the things I'm learning, but uh, <laughs> I never heard of that used before in that situation. So that's interesting. Something to add to the, the list. But it's it's cool that you use stones. Most people I've met use stones as well. It's funny, I never cared, well, I never cared. I never put too much stock in, in, in stones and rocks and stuff like that until after I became an investigator. And then I saw what happened to the stones during the investigation, how they would crack, how they would absorb so much energy being on, on me or you wearing a bracelet and stuff like that so i was like okay this this is real so uh that's i put more stock in the stones from then on so stones is exclusive what you use you don't use symbols or uh any like objects possibly anything with uh, again, i would say religious connections but something of a uh, spiritual connection no i'll also offer tobacco on, on traditional lands or any of the lands we go to be like thank you for having us here nope Stones, sage, palo santo, salt, respect, and and love. I know it's a it's kind of a weird word to use in that, but like I go there all happy. Just want to have a conversation. I'm not in there to be guns ablaze and show yourself knock nine times and stuff. You know, <laughs> I think if you show respect, love, and intent, good intent, I think a lot of times you get it back. Uh, and I, I guess one of uh, the check the timer. One, I guess my final questions. I guess who has or say this: Is there any paranormal investigator famously known that you take, I guess, uh, inspiration from? Like you want to aspire to be them, or there is none because you think they're all. <laughs> I can't say I talk to a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Brandon Alves. He's an amazing innovator, and he's very progressive in our field. I quite like him. I've had a lot of conversations with him on his techniques and the type of 
here and analyzing he does. Ross Allison out of Seattle is a great guy as well. Hans Holter, if you want to go in the, in, into back in time again. There's a lot of good guys out there. Um, if you take the TV aspect out of it and, and you just look at the bare bones and what they're doing a lot of the times, it's some of it's good. Some of it's good. <laughs> yeah, because we all, me, me, my team, we always uh, quote the Warrens uh, for everything they've done and what, especially what uh, Lorraine Warren always said about how people have uh, the police to call when someone committed a crime. They go to the doctor when they're sick. They have no one to call or no one to go to in situations when they're dealing with the paranormal. But that's where we come in. That, I like that. Yeah, that that's that mission statement is kind of what we apply to our own when it comes to dealing with these things because a lot, lot we have the capabilities of dealing with these things more than the average person when it comes to investigations, giving them the actual answers to the questions they're looking for about figuring out what's going on. So that is what I guess we strive for as investigators. But most investigators I met are in that same boat. Uh, there's only a few I ever met that only do it for Speaking of which, uh, I guess the answer I was kind of fishing for is what are your thoughts on uh, Zach Bagans? <laughs> well, he's got 26 seasons and about a dozen epi- specials, so he's doing something right. That is my political answer of the evening. <laughs> All right, that's safe. That's safe enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I. You do you, in in, in this field. Um, you can see, the show has changed a lot throughout the years, and he's changed what what they're looking for, and I think things get darker and darker every season for him. But what do I think of Zach Baggins? He's, well, twenty six seasons in. <laughs> but yeah. but again, that's. He's more the TV side of things yeah. than than that. So he's he's doing something right in his land, right? So again, that's my second political answer of the night. <laughs> no, I just it's, I've he's a polarizing character among investigators. I bet some people like him. They were fans of the show. He was the reason why they got into investigating. Some people are like I don't know. He's 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 a he's a fraud or he just does it for for being famous. So I always like to hear someone's answers on it because like he's like. The most wouldn't, wouldn't known name in paranormal investigating right now, if you ask some Joe Schmo off the, uh, you know, off the of the street, like, oh, you know, paranormal investigating, oh, like Ghost Adventures, like that's the first one to go to. And if they're a little older, it's always Ghost Hunters. But I don't mind him. Like he's he's, do, he's doing his thing. He's out there. He's got his museum. I'm going to Vegas for a paranormal thing in in May, and I'm going to hit up the museum because why not? <laughs> yeah. Like, I got a bunch of haunted objects, too, that I collect, but, like, he's got the mecca of the haunted objects. So. Some I've heard that he is bought from uh, the Warrens Museum. Oh, wow. That's another place. That's a bucket list place, too, that I'd like to. apparently no longer exists. (laughs) The son, um, he moved everything or he sold things off? Yeah. The son-in-law, sorry. Is what I, I last heard. Like the museum no longer is there. Everything that was there has been moved away to another location. I mean, he, supposedly he sold some things off. I don't know, but yeah, he's he doesn't have a good name amongst any Warren fans. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before I patter on about that stuff, uh, go ahead and uh, uh, let you go here. Um, where can everybody find you? You can find us on Instagram at the Paranormal Road Trippers. You can find us on Facebook at the Paranormal Road Trippers and on YouTube, the Paranormal Road Trippers. Awesome. And do you have like weekly episodes you guys post out or is it just like once a month or? For our videos, we're going to be going pretty hot. We have a lot of locations that we're going to be doing starting in January, actually, in Washington. 
and um, usually we'll probably be doing one a month to a month. I do podcasts as well. Like I do spaced out radio and I do mystic moon cafe. And then there's a third one that I'm starting. Well, not starting going to join on in 2023 as well. And busy guy, busy guy. And then I got to go to real work, (laughs) but I do appreciate you coming on. It's awesome. And as always, you can catch our social media, hidden the shadows podcast on Instagram, hidden the shot six on Twitter, hidden the podcast two on TikTok, or links to all social media. And always listen to us at hiddenthashadowspodcast.com. As always, we'll catch your weirdos in the next one.